I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 134 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution with my name at the start, Evanlution. Welcome to the Evanlution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can also drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com if you do not wish to participate in Twitter, which, you know, I understand. I think you should, but I get it. Um, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. And also a quick thought here. I keep asking for questions on Twitter, but I'm aware a lot of people probably don't use Twitter. Um, look, if you have questions, just drop them in an email to me or get on Twitter and drop them there because we do cover questions with the guest every week pretty much and we love to help people out. That is the aim of the game. So definitely drop me an email if you have any questions, trade questions, just general questions about values, things like that. Guys, we are we are through week seven. This is a weirder than usual recap episode. I haven't recorded it on Monday night. I'm recording it on Tuesday morning because for multiple reasons. One being that there's been so many injuries and just crazy things happening that I thought, you know what, I'm going to wait and see what Monday night football brings. I want to talk about it all in holisticness. I don't think that's a word, but it is now. So that's the kind of season that we're having. Uh, Mac Daddy got zappied last night, it seems. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about everything. This is the recap show that you didn't know you need, but you do. It's the recap show that you need, not the one you deserve. Guys, we are going to go through all the teams, all the games, what's happened over the weekend, and just try and give an honest, I'm just, it's a solo show, so if you're looking for a guest, this is not the right episode, but stick around, you're already here, we're already two minutes in, you might as well see what's going on. We're going to talk about just kind of dynasty takeaways from all the games, all of the situations, and try and give you a little bit of help for your start sits, for your, really for your trading, this is trade season, let's be honest, so without any further ado, let's Let's dive right in. The main event. Fight. First up, the Cleveland Browns narrowly losing to the Baltimore Ravens. To say this was an ugly game is an understatement, but hey, every game has some silver linings that we need to discuss, some players that we need to target. Now, the Ravens just looked disjointed. They looked all over the place. They didn't play very well. Lamar Jackson really didn't play well. Only threw the ball 16 times, 120 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, really, honestly, just a couple of quick takeaways for me. Gus Edwards on his triumphal re-entry into the, into the lineup looked really good. Looked like the best running back on the roster. Only played 36% of the snaps. Um, you know, so it really, and this is just him coming back from injury. So the, the sky's the limit as far as, you know, with J.K. Dobbins sideline for a while, things like that. You know, he had 16 rush attempts, only playing 36% of the snaps. So 
I can't imagine that he's on waivers. That would be ridiculous. If you're if you're in a league in Dynasty and he's on waivers, maybe you're not in competitive enough leagues. But my point being that if you are a contender and you're looking for some running back depth because of all the crazy injuries, Gus Edwards probably is a solid guy to target. On the Brown side, um, you know, I'm gonna probably be highlighting some things that don't feel like they're true, but they are so far in the season. Uh, one of those things being that you know, through seven weeks of the season, Amari Cooper is actually a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy with 100.2 fantasy points in PPR. Doesn't feel true. He's had a couple of boom, couple bust games, but my point being that if it doesn't feel true to us, uh, it probably doesn't feel true to the people who are rostering him. They may not really be uh, doing well in the league at the moment. Anyways, my point being, he played 95% of the snaps. He's out there all the time. And lest we forget scumbag Watson is back sooner rather than later um, we're marching towards him being back he'll be back in time for the fantasy playoffs so if you are struggling or you're looking for a little bit of depth maybe Hollywood Brown's gone down maybe a couple other guys that you've been looking to rely on Keenan Allen guys like that you know you might be able to get a pretty decent deal on Amari Cooper uh, also you know Kareem Hunt I still think that if you're looking like same same ideas like you know Honestly, Gus Edwards just had a big game. So now if you go to the Gus Edwards manager and you're looking to inquire, my guess is they're going to want a second. You know what I mean? They're going to want a second round pick. You might as well take that second round pick and get Kareem Hunt. Uh, he may get traded before the deadline. And if anything happens to Nick Chubb, he's an absolute top 12, you know, why, you know, running back. And he's already been giving, you know, top 24 numbers anyways, over 10 points per game. So just a couple of food for thought ideas for you to kind of consider kick around here with the trade deadline looming in the NFL. Next up on the docket, we have the curious case of PJ Walker. So this is just, oh, this is the, this is prime 2022. This is 2022 in a nutshell, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady go and get absolutely chinned by PJ Walker, like the third, fourth string quarterback from the Carolina Panthers after they traded away CMC 21 to three, right? So couple of quick takeaways. Don't know how, I have no idea what's going on in Tampa Bay. It is weird. It is not okay. It's just an absolute poop show for lack of a better term. Um, what I would say is if again, running backs, you try it, in dynasty when things are gross, that's where opportunity is because it's scary. We like to be risk averse, but sometimes you have to lean into risk, especially depending on the on the price tag. Rashad White, I would highlight as somebody who he had six rush attempts to Leonard Fournette's eight. So very close to equal. Um, now they were trailing most of the game, obviously, but we have been seeing Leonard Fournette get loads of targets when they've been trailing. He only had three targets. Rashad White had two targets. Because the whole game and the whole situation is gross, you might be able to, if you're working out like a bigger deal, get Rashad White added in for cheaper than you might expect. I still wouldn't, I don't really feel overly comfortable giving up a 23 second straight up for him. But if you can work out a bigger deal, like I said, and have him thrown in as a piece, or if you can give like a second and get Rashad White and a third or something like that, I would be intrigued by it for sure because he was on the field, you know, 43% of the snaps to Fournette 60. So, uh, you know, he actually graded out better than Leonard Fournette um, via PFF this week, which again, it's a small sample size. They were trailing the whole game, but we don't know what's going on. This has been a couple of weeks in a row of them looking a lot less than we expected. As far as the wide receivers, you know, Mike Evans had the big game. 
I honestly have this weird feeling. If I'm not an absolute contender, uh, top two or three, I'm trying to get out from under Tom Brady and Superflex. Get what you can for him. If you can manage to talk your league mate into giving you a first for him, then more power to you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm concerned about the whole situation there. I'm not overly excited about Tom Brady's future. It doesn't look good. Um, I'm not panic selling. I'm not going to give him away for like a third round pick. That's just no point. You might as well just ride it out at that stage. But if you've got buyers, if you've got desperate, guys you know there's been injuries there's been a lot happening you never know obviously it is still tom brady there's still going to be believers in every league um but yeah i was going to say chris godwin i certainly if you're going to look at investing in potentially a tampa bay wide receiver i would probably lean chris godwin a little bit younger mike evans you know has a nice connection with tom brady if tom brady does leave we don't know who's going to come in to replace him even just from a perspective you know even if it's wrong i think the dynasty perspective if tom brady does retire this year is that oh mike evans is going to get a big downgrade so from a value perspective i think godwin is the play he still played 94 percent of the snaps he still was really involved he had you know 13 targets to evans 15 he just didn't have quite as many yards from them so i would look to see what we can get for him and on the panther side of it if you're an actual contender and you need that running back help because of all the you know all the injuries and stuff like that, I do think Dante Foreman is somebody you might want to look into. He was pretty productive last year down the stretch for the Tennessee Titans, so we've seen him come in in this role in this kind of you know just replacement role when the the lead backs injured in this case traded. Uh, Chuba Hubbard did look good, so absolutely get that. But I think Dynasty people are going to be more excited about Chuba Hubbard because there was a lot of truthers, you know, when he came out. Last year, when Derrick Henry went down and Dante Foreman sort of took over helping lead that, you know, the Tennessee Titans in weeks 10 to 17. So when he took over through the fantasy playoffs, he was um, RB 22 and he had a couple of really good games within there. So he was averaging almost 12 points per game, had a couple of nice bigger games in there as well. So he could be somebody that's really cheap that you could use to fill in. DJ Moore, flip sake, DJ Moore. With P.J. Walker, he gets 10 targets. He absolutely balls out. I, of course, benched him because of how terrible he's been most of the year and now getting P.J. Walker. But yeah, I mean, look, you love to see it. D.J. Moore is a stud. I still think he's one of my most rostered, if not the most rostered player in Dynasty. So yeah, I love to see it uptake now that rules out of town. Next up, going to talk about the absolute just shellacking that the Cincinnati Bengals laid down on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we're going to have a tough conversation here, people. I need you to sit down. I need you to buckle in. Okay, it's going to be difficult. You're not going to want to hear some of the things that I have to say, but I need you to think about them. On the Bengals side, in Dynasty, I think you need to look at shipping Joe Mixon. I know it's a tough thing to say, and this is and this is where in Dynasty it's really tricky because you have to sort of weigh both sides. Now, if you look at stats, you look at this season specifically, he's actually still an RB1. He comes in at RB11 on the season averaging just under 15 points per game so i do i will add a caveat if you're a contender as in you're like a top two top three and all these guys have been going down with injuries i'm absolutely fine and i get it if you're just going to roll with Mixon and just hopefully get the ship this year because absolutely ships are the most important what i would say is if you're anything else if you're middle of the pack 100 if you're a rebuilder you need to get Mixon out there all these injuries that have been happening to these big stud running backs you need to see what you can get for joe Mixon from a contender or from someone who thinks they're a contender a couple of quick stats i'm gonna throw at you again we're dynasty we need to be thinking forward unless we're an absolute contender this is going into week eight you should know by now if you're a contender 
via PFF, which the NFL uses PFF. We can all, you know, people make fun of PFF at times in their grades when there seems to be anomalies. The NFL themselves utilize and pay for PFF data. They care about these things. PFF are good at what they do. Out of now, look, I've done some filtering. So out of a minimum 15 rush attempts, because I didn't want just some one random person who got one round, random run for 58 yards or something like that, messing up the stats. So there's a 74 running backs that through this point of the season have had at least 15 rush attempts that PFF has graded out of 74 running backs. Joe Mixon comes in at RB 43 for their run grade. That's not good. RB 43 for the run grade. Now, Another stat that I'm going to point out is going to hurt your heart. Elusive rating. Elusive rating is pretty important. You know, it's it's PFF's way of basically saying how it's a signature stat for PFF. Talks about success and impact of a runner with the ball, uh, independent of blocking. So they're not looking at the blocking. They don't care about the offensive line. They're just talking about as a as a pure runner how how well is Joe Mixon doing? Again, out of 75 running backs that have been graded for the elusive rating, minimum 15 carries going into week eight, Joe Mixon comes in at RB 69. Now, any other time, I would be saying noise. RB69 is not noise when you're talking about your RB1 or RB2 in Dynasty, um, especially an aging running back who's had injury problems. That's what I've I've said what I said. I stand by it. If you're anything other than top two or three, you need to be seeing what you can get for Joe Mixon. On the other side of the ball, the Atlanta Falcons, man, it is really gross. Marcus Mariota attempted 13 pass attempts. 1-3. 13. That is, that is awful. That is beyond awful. So, Again, Marcus Mariota, if you're anything other than a strong contender, even if you're a strong contender, I'm shopping Mariota to see anything I can get for him. Somebody who I would be really intrigued to see what you can work out is Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes is on an upward trajectory, been playing really well, been playing better than we expected. We'll talk about him later. But if you could swap Marcus Mariota and like a third or Marcus Mariota and a second even maybe, something like that for Danny Dimes, I would feel a lot more comfortable this year, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable even just moving forward. I don't think Mariota is the long-term answer. I just don't. Anyways, as far as the running backs go, Tyler Algier seems to be the dude that they're leaning on a little bit more. He had 16 rush attempts, more than Mariota, more than Huntley, more than Williams. I don't think Tyler Algier is a special talent. I think if you can, if you're anything, even if you're a contender, if you could get a 23 second for him, I would love to do that right now. Um, he had a touchdown. Go out and see what you can do. You never know. Shoot your shot. But yeah, I, I don't, I think we've already talked about Pitts in London. Nothing's changed. They're long-term plays. They're super talented. If you can get a dip, I would buy the dip depending on how cheap it is. There you have it. If we're well, if you're still listening and we're still friends, I appreciate you. We're moving right along. We'll see if we can offend you even more. We're going to talk Dallas Cowboys and Detroit Lions. So the Cowboys managed to get a nice little win, twenty-four to six. Did what they needed to do. wasn't overly impressive, but hey, it worked. Um, so a couple of things. We're going to talk Detroit Lions first of all. Uh, I'm going to focus in on Jared Goff actually because he started out pretty well this season. I think there were some people who thought, hey, you know what, this could be one of those cheap QB two options. I don't think so i think at this stage in the game i want to get out from under uh jared goff if at all possible now i do know it is possible because i myself in a 12 team super flex league just sold um traded away i should say jared goff for two seconds so i don't think you can get a first at this point in time he's not playing well he's not playing well enough to deserve a first but it feels a bit cheap to just get a random second now i was able to get a 23 second and a 24th second um and the 23 second looks to be pretty high so i'm happy with that return jared goff 
I just isn't he isn't the answer. I think we all knew that, but I think maybe we were hopeful with you know Dan Campbell, uh, medicine man Dan, able to you know work his magic over there. But as it stands right now, the Detroit Lions would have the number one overall pick. I think if they're picking anywhere in the top three, five, or something like that, they're probably going to get a quarterback. I think they've got some nice pieces. You know, they've able to got Jamison, they've got Jamison Williams, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown, they've got T.J. Hawkinson, they've got a really good offensive line. I think if they drop in a really stud quarterback, they'd be really good to go. If you have any doubt, I mean, obviously it wasn't a good game this Sunday, but just looking at the season as a whole, I'm going to drop a couple stats on you. And again, please, you know, if you're, if you're Jared Goff's family or friends, it's nothing personal against you, Jared Goff. You're, I'm sure you're a nice person and I wish nothing but the best for you, but through seven weeks of the NFL season with a minimum of 50 drop backs. If we're looking at PFF stats, which again, I do think are important. I don't think they're the only thing that you should look at, but I do think they're an important piece of the puzzle, especially when you're trying to get a feel for moving forward on things in dynasty. Um, Jared Goff out of, you know, let's say look, looking at it here, 40 quarterbacks have had a minimum of 50 dropbacks that have been, you know, rated by PFF. He comes in at 30th for offensive grading and 30th for pass rating. So 30 isn't great. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks, big time throws. So again, really nice throws that he's maybe making big splashy plays. He comes in 26th turnover worthy plays. He's coming in fifth. So that's a lot of stats that are just not good that, you know, are kind of, he's, he's bad in the, in, in the bad stats and he's, he's, he's bad in the good stats, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I, I think you need to get out from under Jared Goff if at all possible. I don't even necessarily know how much he's going to help you this year, even as a contender. So I think try and get out from under Jared Goff, if at all possible. On the flip side, there's many things we could discuss. I really quickly just want to take a minute or two to, again, to be fair, um, we've kind of hammered on Joe Mixon there. And again, nothing personal against Joe Mixon or or his family. But yeah, it is, it is a game that we're playing. We're looking forward into the future. I'm talking Ezekiel Elliott here. I think, again, sadly, you need to get out from under. If you still got him, even, I mean, okay. Again, if you're top two or three, running backs have been getting injured. You need to keep hold of Zeke and make a run for the championship. Get it. I 100% get it. Anything else? Look, seize this sell window with both hands. Jump into it. I know for a fact you can still sell him to somebody in your league who's desperate because I just did it this week in a 12-team, one QB league. I managed to flip Zeke after his big game against the Eagles for Jameson Williams and a third or fourth or something like that. So I'm really happy with that. Um, I just, I love Zeke. He's one of my favorite running backs the last several years. So again, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not like saying I hate Zeke and he's rubbish or anything. I'm just saying, you know, look, running backs in Dynasty are here for a good time, not a long time. And he's been really consistent and I salute him for his efforts and for the joy that he has brought to my Dynasty teams over the years. But I think it's time to go. Again, looking at PFF, minimum 40 rush attempts through seven weeks. Um, that would be a total of about 47 running backs that have been graded by PFF. He comes in as RB18 on the offensive rating as far as the actual just pure rusher rating. So that's 18, RB18. As far as the actual just pure rushing rating, he comes in RB14. It's not terrible. And again, we know that he's smart. He's skilled. He's good at what he does. He's good at pass block, things like that. But when we start looking at things like yards, uh, yards after contact, per attempt, he drops down to RB29. 
Okay, so that's not good. So that's just definitely not, not a positive whatsoever for Zeke. And I don't think that's going to keep getting better. And if we look at the elusive rating, we touched on it for Joe Mixon. He comes in RB 38 out of 47. So not good. Um, I think there's still people out there. He's had a couple of nice games in a row, but they've been buoyed by touchdowns. You can always hopefully get some of those with Dak and with the offense clicking. But again, man, you need to get out from under Zeke if you can. Let's move right along and talk about everyone's favorite six and one team, the New York Giants. Shout out Brian Dable. Shout out Danny Dimes. I am proud of these guys. Six and one against all odds. Honestly, I don't see how Brian Dable doesn't win coach of the year. Also, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville Jaguars, who seemed feel like on paper, they look like they're doing much better. They're still only two and five. So it's a, it's an interesting one. I'm just going to highlight two players, really, because there's loads of stuff that we could get into. I'm going to highlight on the Jag side, Zay Jones. Yet again, I think I've talked about him a couple times this year. I still think that he's being undervalued. We forget how much money that they actually paid to Zay Jones. They paid him a lot more than we thought he was going to get. He tied Christian Kirk for targets. He had 10 targets. Now he only caught four of them, 54 yards. So it wasn't great, but I mean, he he's literally getting a lot of targets. He's involved a lot. They just shipped out James Robinson. They've got Travis Etienne who's doing great, but I think people are really undervaluing. I think you can get Zay Jones for so cheap. He actually was on the field more than Christian Kirk last week. 99% of the snaps. They find ways to get him involved end arounds, jet sweeps. Now, is he going to be like a top 12 receiver? Of course not. That's why you're getting him for so cheap. Is he somebody that down the stretch here you can be using, especially in deeper leagues in your flex spot? I think so. He's our, he's wide receiver 41 on the season in points per game, which, I mean, he's right outside that wide receiver three range already. If you gave him literally, and he's doing this on one touchdown. He scored one touchdown this season. If you gave him 10 more PPR points right now, guess who'd be right ahead of? Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis at RB at wide sorry wide receiver 30 who everyone loves to talk about everyone is excited about people are giving you know second round picks for or sometimes I've seen people giving first round picks for Gabe Davis in the last couple months um yeah so I think Zay Jones super undervalued I think he's somebody you can certainly a sneaky buy low opportunity especially if the team that has him is struggling or near the bottom of the barrel honestly it wouldn't I know it sounds crazy but it wouldn't shock me if you could get him for like a 23 third I know for a fact you wouldn't have to pay a second. So a couple of thirds, somebody like that. They're passing the ball an awful lot. Um, they're like, they're two and five. They're not that good. So yes, their defense is a lot better than last year, but they're still having to pass the ball an awful lot. He's getting double digit targets in some games. I think he's somebody you should be looking at buying low on. Now to flip over to the G-men, I'm going to talk about Danny Dimes. I am going to talk about Danny Dimes. I'm excited to do so. Guys, talk about, okay, I said I was going to talk about a couple of things that are real but don't feel real if i had to ask you where does daniel jones for fantasy this year where would you say i'm guessing most of you would say like a mid qb2 maybe even a low end qb2 let me just tell you daniel jones is qb9 on the season qb9 on the season guys that does not feel real and i've i'm a supporter of Daniel Jones. Like I want Daniel Jones to succeed and it doesn't feel real. There's going to be a narrative out there. Dynasty players have made up their minds on Daniel Jones that he's not good. He had over a hundred rushing yards this week. He's doing this with literally Tom, Dick and Harry in the wide receiver core. I mean, he literally was building a rapport with the rookie tight end who got gouged in the eye and left the game. It's literally so impressive guys, what he is doing. Honestly, I think he's a buy. 
I really do in Dynasty right now. I think because you can get them for so cheap, um, I, I think people do not value them. They still think the Giants are moving on uh, next year. At this stage, they're six and one, guys. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near close enough to get a, a upgrade, quote unquote, upgrade at quarterback. You see the way he's playing in the last few weeks. He's got so much more confidence. He seems to be just turning a corner. He's got he's got a, he's cut down on the turnovers. Again, looking at PFF because I want to be fair to everybody. So this is a situation where you've got to look at context. So look for me looking at PFF grades again minimum 50 dropbacks through seven weeks of the NFL season he only comes in as QB 19 for their offensive rating right and he only comes in um basically for about 19 for yeah and then about 21 for the actual passer rating but you have to remember who he's been throwing to he had Richie James he's had um Sills he's had like Slayton's has been his wide receiver one the last couple weeks I mean he has had nobody to throw to uh if you look at his turnovers which has always been a problem for him his turnovers are way down he's he's 24th in turnover turnover worthy plays via PFF minimum 50 dropbacks he's definitely playing a lot better I wouldn't be surprised if they do give him an extension or something like that at the end of the season the way things are going so I think you can go out I think you can kick some tires and see how much you can get what you can get Danny Dimes for I honestly think he's a buy at this stage and the hits just keep on coming for the Indianapolis Colts. They lose 10 to 19 in an absolute barn burner. Hopefully you can pick up on the sarcasm to the Tennessee Titans who are now four and two. So just going to pick out a couple of quick points, a couple of players to focus on the Indianapolis Colts and on the Titans. For me, the Colts, okay, I, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you probably have, but apparently Matt Ryan has been dealing with some sort sort shoulder, sorry, that's easier said than done, shoulder separation issue. He's now been benched officially, according to Frank Reich, for literally Sam Ellinger. So I, I don't, I mean, this is craziness, right? So as it stands right now, if the draft happened today, uh, Indianapolis would be 16th, okay? So they would be sitting at the 16th spot. Throwing in Sam Ellinger is not a win now move. I don't know what's going on. I think Frank Reich has a very hot seat. I think he's fumbled this multiple times. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Sam Ellinger is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen and we don't know it and just nobody knows it. But if I had to bet, if I had to put money on it, I would say they're just sort of, they've tried this aging quarterback thing two or three, four times in a row and it's not really working. So maybe they're just saying, look, let's push our chips in. Let's just see what we've got in some of these other pieces and hopefully get a better draft pick and let's see if we can get a real quarterback for the future. That's my guess. I don't know. But what I wanted to say was Michael Pittman Jr., if this causes any sort of frustrations or worries, um, you know, for, for the manager, Michael Pittman Jr. manager in your league, I would be looking in Dynasty to to swoop because he's had a quote unquote disappointing season so far, but he's still wide receiver 16, which is not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. If you look at PFF, which we're talking a lot about, but I think it's an important piece of the puzzle. It gives you some underlying statistics when just the final box score doesn't tell you the whole story. Minimum 50 targets um, or sorry, no, that's, that's too high. I actually lowered it because I didn't want to be unfair so minimum 25 targets for the season he's actually first of all he's run the sixth most routes in the nfl so you want to see things like you want participation you want him to be involved you want him on the field you want him running routes and then on top of that how efficient are they being with their routes things like that so his offensive grade is wide receiver 12 um you know as far as just overall offensive grade everything he's doing everything he's he's bringing to the table when they're looking at like his route running his blocking his participation his you know his catching things like that as far as his actual route running they've given him a 17 wide receiver 17 grade so again this is with a maddie maddie ice who is ice cold and been really struggling 
I think he's certainly a potential buy low because I think the people who who roster him, he just had a disappointing week last week. They're probably thinking this is not what I was hoping for. I was hoping for an absolute stud blow up, you know, season from him. Now we're going to get Sam Ellinger. That sucks. I would look and see what you can get. I know it sounds crazy, but look and see, just look and see what you can get, especially in Dynasty. We're looking forward. He is an up and coming talent that I'm really excited about. On the Titans side, honestly, Tannehill only threw the ball 20 times. It is gross. We know their sort of MO. They want to run the ball. They want to establish the run and then pass as little as possible and try and be efficient with that. So it doesn't lend itself to a lot of fantasy options. My only takeaway sort of at the moment would be I I would sort of think about kicking the tires on Traylon Burks. I know a few weeks back, even before he went on IR, I was able to get him for a 23 second. Um, so that's sort of a risk reward scenario. I just think if he comes healthy and he has a couple of good games at the end of the season, I think people will remember that how much they loved him and how much excited they were for him. He was a lot of people's wide receiver one in this draft class. He wasn't my wide receiver one. I was actually quite a bit lower. I didn't really have any of him through the draft rookie draft process, but I do like the idea of first round, you know, rookie wide receivers. If you can get a dip because they've had a lack of production in the first half of the season, I, I do like that idea. So I would go and kick the tires, see what you can get on Traylon Burks, because, you know, even if they're just going to keep this low passing volume, they need a guy like an AJ Brown, which I don't expect Traylon Burks to be as good as AJ Brown. But even if he's like a th- half of AJ Brown. That's still better than what you're going to get him for right now. Going to take a little trip on the riverboat here to visit the Washington Commanders, narrowly eking out a victory against the Green Bay Packers, which as a Vikings fan, I've got to say, love to see it. Uh, The Taylor Heineke-led Commanders, might I just add, just for an extra little twist to the knife there. Sorry, Packers fans, don't hate me. I'm sorry. I'm a Vikings fan. What can I do? But yeah, in all seriousness, um, I think we all know, well, hopefully we all know Taylor Heineke's not the answer. He looked fine in some senses just because he has a DGAF attitude. But yeah, if you can flip him in a super flex for anything like solid, like if you can get a 23 second for him, man, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, but who I want to talk about actually on the commanders is Terry McLaurin. He had a good game, probably his best game. I don't actually know off the top of my head. I think it was his best game of the season. Eight targets, five receptions, 73 yards and a touchdown. Here's the thing I'm going to say. Again, I'm probably going to offend a lot of people. Apologies. I am not a Terry McLaurin hater but i'm not a terry mclaurin truther and i think that's the difference i'm just looking at it as a rational sort of buy low sell high dynasty perspective i think i would love to sell high off this week's performance personally um mclaurin is 27 years old so here's the thing we've always made these excuses about if he gets a better quarterback if this if that Wentz is probably the best quarterback he's had in the nfl and Wentz was not targeting him that much so he actually has a really better rapport a better kind of um you know time when when heineke's in the game so even if you want to paint this picture of like all oh, the commanders maybe they'll draft a really great quarterback this year i mean they're sitting currently 14th which isn't ideal as far as you know trying to get a top top quarterback especially they don't have loads of draft capital to throw at it um and the thing is riverboot ron i don't trust him to actually like embrace the tank i think he's going to try his best to win as many games as possible so wouldn't surprise me if they finish sort of middle of the pack um you know this year just eking out little wins here and there in that crazy division that they're in terry mclaurin you know, I think he's one of those guys who's just a, he's a good NFL player. He'll give you those occasional splash games, but he's never going to be this top 12 or even top 15 or 16 wide receiver that we want him to be, or that we wanted him to be, you know, believe it or not, he's kind of almost at that stage where he's, he's hit his apex and he's going to start aging soon. So if you're anywhere other than a strong contender, 
I'd love to see what you can get for him. I traded him away this week in a package um, to get, to acquire Jalen Waddle and Jamison Williams. So I think you can take advantage. Timing is everything. He's just had a good game. Now's a good time to try and and ship him off again. If we're looking at PFF grades, even you know he's wide receiver. First of all, he's wide receiver twenty five just in scoring for fantasy. So he's like a low end wide receiver two. But he had a, his best game probably of the season there. Minimum twenty five targets through seven weeks. If you look at just pure like offensive grades via PFF he comes in at wide receiver 41 and he also is wide receiver 41 just for his routes um his route grading things like that it's it's not great you know his his I just again I think that we're living in a fool's paradise if we're going to continually convince ourselves that he just needs a good quarterback because there's no guarantees you're going to get a good quarterback I mean look at the Jets they literally have managed to pick two seeming duds in their top picks in the last multiple years you know just getting a top draft pick doesn't mean you're going to get a great quarterback I think the time to get out from under Terry McLaurin and Dynasty is now personally uh, I just think there's higher upside plays that you can shoot for and as far as the cheeseheads go man it is it is U-G-L-Y, and I don't think they have an alibi, honestly. Uh, it's it's not good, man. I, I honestly think in Dynasty right now, it's a tough to, you can try and sell high on Aaron Jones because he just had another big game, but the volume is not there. So if you're, it's a savvy owner, I don't know how much you're going to get for him. I would say, you know, I was curious about AJ Dillon this last week. I went and kicked some tires and saw, but people are still wanting, you know, like at least a 23 second for him, usually more. I just don't think I'm willing to pay that price for him because again, I don't know that he's ever going to be the dude and they're going to, and they're not even they're, the more that they're getting into the situation, the more they're running away from the run, which I thought was the strength of their team. So it's a bit of a mess. Honestly, the only player I'd probably highlight right now, as far as like somebody can probably get a decent return on at least relative to, to actual value would be Robert Tunyon. So big Bob Tunyon in the year of our Lord 2022 is a top 12 tight end currently <laughs> through seven weeks of the NFL season, um, averaging a gross eight point. 0.7 fantasy points per game so even in dynasty uh tight end premium sort of situation i would look to flip him i think you should be able to hopefully get a 23 second from him from a contender from somebody who's struggling at the tight end situation position i don't think he's a special talent i think if anything he just has a rapport with aaron Rodgers, who we don't know much about long term and who uh you know is is you know it's more about Aaron Rodgers and his connection and it's more about their lack of weapons at the moment on the offense than it is about him being a special talent so if you're trying to rebuild or if you're middle of the pack he's certainly somebody if I've got I'm more than happy to see what I can get for him on the trade market now it is time for a very sad conversation indeed we are going to talk New York Jets Denver Broncos um, but really we're going to focus in on one or two players here Jets narrowly eked out a victory against the Brett Rippian-led Denver Broncos, 16 to 9. Obviously, the big talking point here is Brees Hall leaving with an injury. It's been confirmed ACL tear. It's really, really sad, really, really depressing news. Um, but I do want to just address quickly his dynasty value from my perspective. Um, so Achilles tear is still the worst of the worst. Thankfully, it's not an Achilles tear. It's an ACL, which isn't great. It's not good. It's not something we want to see. But where I stand on it at the moment is I'm still absolutely fine. And if, if, if anything, I'm trying to acquire shares of Brees Hall at a discount because, you know, it, every player is different. He is young, very young, very. And, and again, I just want to highlight how athletic the player is does matter. Like what kind of athletic freak specimen are we talking about here? We've just seen Saquon Barkley. Yes, it was this long slog and it was painful, but look at Saquon Barkley balling out. And honestly, um, I'm just going to highlight really quickly. If you've never heard of it, the RAS score. So it's relative athletic score. You can look it up on Twitter, math bomb on Twitter. Um, 
really interesting part of, of analytics and all that kind of stuff. They look at uh, this guy looks at literally everything to do with athletics, testing, scoring measurables goes back years. Now has a big massive database. You can compare players. Um, again, I, he has a scoring system that goes up to 10 is the best, you know, 10 perfect 10 is like, you're just a, a God among men. You're a freak athlete. So I just want to quickly say that of all the, you know, he's got thousands of players in his database, right? Thousands. Okay. Of all the players that have got a remote or a, a relative athletic score for running backs, Brees Hall is the second all time right behind Saquon Barkley. So Saquon Barkley has a 9.98 score on his Raz score all time. And Brees Hall has a 9.96. So that's one of the reasons why I'm absolutely fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely enthusiastic about trying to buy low on Brees Hall. I'm hopeful that they have a better quarterback next year and a better offensive line, even than they had this year might be a little bit of a long slog, uh, might be, you know, even halfway through next season before we start seeing it. But I think that the prices that I'm seeing people get him at right now because of the pain and the knee jerk reaction and, and how beat up running backs in general have been. He's an athletic freak. He's a special talent. He's somebody I'm willing to invest in by low on the Broncos side of it. I think it's a well-documented situation that it's an absolute mess out there at the moment. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor the point, but I do want to highlight my boy, Greg Sugar Daddy Dolchich, who I really loved in the pre-draft process. I had him as my tight end too narrowly behind Trey McBride. He is just, you know, kicking butt and taking names, snapping necks and writing checks. He's already making Albert O a healthy scratch, you know, in a team that is absolutely struggling for offensive production. They are the averaging the least points in the league. I feel like, you know, the only way is up at this stage, you know, really it sucks to say, but it really is true. They, they're really, they're terrible, but Dolchich is looking good. He's come on. He's getting, you know, he's already on the field the most amount of snaps just back from injury uh, more than any other tight end out there. He's making plays and on Dynasty Trade Calculator, I mean, which is kind of a fair representation of current, you know, value at the moment. He's coming in less than a 23 second in a tight end premium league. So if you can get him for a couple thirds or if you can get him for like a third and a player that you don't really believe in, I think that would be a great deal. I would I would love to do that because. Like I said, he's only really had two games back and one of them being with Brett Rippon <laughs> and he's already averaging about almost 12 points per game in a, in a, in just a normal PPR. That's not a tight end premium league, just a normal PPR, which, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but that's more than Kyle Pitts. So, you know, just saying, get some Greg Sugar Daddy Dolchich. Thank me later. Right. Let's head down south and talk about the Houston Texans losing to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, uh, again, just going to highlight kind of one player on each side just to talk about Davis Mills. I, I'm well documented saying I like Davis Mills. I, I'm a fan. I like his play. I like how undervalued he was in the offseason, things like that. He actually had a really good game, 302 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one interception. Uh, he's been playing fine. He's been playing well, but he's not been blowing the doors off. That's why for me, it's a tough decision. But like for me at this point in time, I feel like I... I would want to see what I can get for him on the trade market. You know, I mean, as it stands right now, Houston would be second in the draft. So if things keep going the way they are, they could have a top three, top five pick. Now I see it. I don't see it as a smash obvious. Like they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. There's no way they ride out with Davis Mills because I think there's a lot of holes on that team. You know, they're not a very strong team talent wise. Um, you know, they're not a, a dominant team in any real phase of the game. 
So I could see them, you know, developing the trenches more. I could see them plug in some other holes, maybe on the defense, maybe getting a really stud wide receiver, things like that, and riding with Mills another year. So I don't think you have to panic sell him, but if you can go out in a desperate situation with their, you know, maybe there's some contenders who are really struggling, and you know they're they've lost Matt Ryan, they've lost, you know, Russell Wilson's playing like garbage. If you can go out, I mean, according to Dynasty Trade Calculator, again, he's worth at least a 23 second in a super flex league. So. I would say if you can go out and add your third or add a player you don't really believe in and him together and get a first, then I'd be, I would love to do that. I would be happy to do that. Um, I don't think you need to panic sell him, but again, he's, he's fine. He's just like, I don't see him blowing the doors off. And and for me in dynasty, once we kind of get to that stage where we're like, okay, he's fine, but he's not great. I think most of the time I'm, I'm hoping to try and keep processing through picks or players to try and see if you can hit on somebody who is actually going to be a difference maker on the Raiders side of the ball. I'm going to talk about the quarterback as well. Derek Carr. He let's be honest. He's been disappointing. I think any of us who rostered Derek Carr or who had hopes for Derek Carr this year have been fairly disappointed. So if we look at the actual just scoring for the season, you know, it's it's not pretty as if we're just looking purely fantasy points and what's actually happened so far in the year he's all the way down at qb19 so a low end sort of qb2 he had another disappointing week from a stat you know from a fantasy scoring perspective against the texans but what i do think I, I and i think this is i think he's a buy low opportunity and i'll tell you why a couple of things i actually put out a tweet yesterday if you look at the season, um, the, the Raiders are actually third in points per game for, you know, for the whole entire league, but yet they're only, you know, they've got a losing record. You know, if, if things, if the, if the season ended today, they would be drafting ninth. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a weird, now that tells me that that's probably going to correct itself over the course of the season. And interestingly, so new head coach, you know, things have been a bit crazy. Waller's been in and out of the lineup. They've been shifting their mindset a little bit. The first four weeks of the season, if you look at the PFF grades, Derek Carr's way down, like QB 25, 27, 28. All of a sudden, they start to have this change of philosophy. They're leaning more heavily on Josh Jacobs. He's solidified himself as the main dude. They're really giving him the ball, establishing the running game, and then utilizing the passing game as a complement. And I think it's allowing Derek Carr to kind of bring forward the the best version of Derek Carr, which is obviously what we want. If you look at weeks five, they had their bye week in week six and then week seven. So weeks five and seven combined. If you look at those two, the most recent two weeks, um, from an offensive grading system perspective from PFF, Derek Carr comes in as QB eight. Um, and even if you look at the just pure passer rating, so just from a pass perspective, he comes in as QB five. So that's really interesting. And I think it's a really unique way of looking at it. You know, he comes in almost in the top 12 for big time throws in those last two weeks. Uh, you know, he's historically quite good, quite safe with the ball. He's down 24th for turnover worthy plays. So he's not being stupid with the ball, which is great. You love to see that. Um, I think there's just a, you know, he's, he's coming in, he, he's fourth for again this is minimum 40 dropbacks so this is any quarterback who's played the majority of snaps last weeks five and week seven he comes in as as qb4 even just from an nfl rating perspective so i think he's a buy low i think that they're figuring things out slowly but surely they've got a lot of talent they've got devonta adams they've got darren waller when he's healthy they've got josh jacobs who's absolutely destroying the league um their defense isn't amazing so they're not going to be able to just rely on the run game and shut people down with their defense i think i think he's a buy low i think 
think you can go out. I think he's worth a 23 first at the minute, according to Dynasty Trade Calculator. But I think there's going to be some frustrated managers out there. And I think you could do something like, you know, flip Davis Mills in a second for Derek Carr, something like that, just to tie those two together. I think Derek Carr is a sneaky buy low for the second half of the season. Going to try and wrap up these last couple games. I'm just aware that this is going pretty long. I think it's been good information. I've enjoyed talking about it. Hopefully you found it helpful. We're going to talk Seahawks and Chargers real quick here. So 37-23, a beatdown of the Chargers. The Chargers, I'm really annoyed at. I love the Chargers. Big fan of the Chargers. They're one of my like honorary second teams uh, as a lifelong Vikings fan. And I they've just absolutely destroyed Justin Herbert this year. <laughs> he is slinging the ball constantly, which is awesome. You normally would love to see that, but... It's not been translating for fantasy. I think everyone's really frustrated and disappointed. I'm going to say he's a buy low. I I think people are just frustrated and disappointed and annoyed. A lot of QB plays been down over the season anyways. And, and honestly, the stats, I don't have a lot of good stats to back this up at this point in time. He has been really bad. I mean, he has been really, really low for what you would expect from him, from his big time throws. He's been down at like 29. So again, this is just for the whole season, minimum 40 dropbacks. He's really low on his overall just offensive scoring. He's 21st from offensive scoring perspective via PFF. He is 17th for his passing grade. We know that's not Justin Herbert. We know he got banged up a little bit. The coaching has been atrocious. The play calling has been atrocious. The way they're setting him up to quote unquote succeed has been atrocious. If you can get him, you know, he's still my QB three right now as it stands in dynasty. He's too talented. He's got too much natural talent to, to be this bad, you know, long-term. I don't really blame him. I blame the play calling and just the way that they're kind of managing things. The offensive line has been beat up, uh, which hasn't helped things. Keenan Allen's been out, you know, basically the entire season, which hasn't helped things. So yeah, I, I honestly see Justin Herbert as a buy low. If you can, if you can get any sort of a discount on him, I, I believe in buying into the talent. So I'm all aboard that train. If you're still with us, uh, with me, I should say, I appreciate you. And don't let, don't get me wrong. I've saved some of the spiciest takes for last, so you won't be let down. We're going to talk Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs absolutely pounded the 49ers 44-23. Again, there's so much we could talk about. I'm just going to focus in on one player on each side of the ball. I'm going to talk CMC and I'm going to say he's a sell. And I know that sounds like heresy and I'm going to tell you for why. Now, is Christian McCaffrey awesome? Yes, he is. Is he a stud running back? Possibly one of the most talented running backs in the NFL? Yes, he is. My issue is Kyle Shanahan. I am well documented as saying Kyle Shanahan is, he's just one of those guys. He can't help himself. He's too clever for his own good. He overcomplicates things. He's the guy in your league that has an amazing starting lineup and last second swaps out, you know, Darius Slayton for Justin Jefferson because of the matchup or because of something stupid. You know what I mean? And he just absolutely, he does that all the time. So Christian McCaffrey guaranteed, I, I just think A, Rich McCaffrey's missed a lot of time with injury. B, San Francisco 49ers are well documented with their running backs getting beat up and destroyed. I mean, we're already on the third, fourth running back of the year. Um, C, he's an aging running back. And D, I think you could get a haul from a lot of people depending on people are just absolutely salivating over what Christian McCaffrey could be in this run scheme. Now, granted, he only had two days in, but he still already, he had eight attempts. Jeff Wilson had seven attempts. Tyrion Davis-Price got a couple attempts. It is just Kyle Shanahan. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, it wouldn't be surprising either way if three weeks from now, Christian McCaffrey is getting 35 touches a game and absolutely destroying and melting our faces. It also equally would not surprise me if he's getting like 10 
attempts a game and uh, you know Kyle Juszczyk is getting all the goal line work. It just doesn't surprise me. So I think if you can get a King's Ransom for CMC right now, even as a contender, I would I would want to do that. I only have CMC in a couple plays, like two teams, I think, in Dynasty. I am trying actively to go out and flip him because, again, trying to sell high because I just don't believe in, in Kyle Shanahan and his ability to actually use his best players. Allah, look at what he's done with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Look what he's done with Brandon Ike, putting him in the doghouse for no good reason at times. I, I just don't believe in his ability to, you know, manage his players effectively. And let's keep the spicy takes on rolling. Why not? That's what we're here for. So my spicy take on the chief side is I still say Juju Smith-Schuster is a sell high. I know this will probably get me labeled as a hater. I'm not a hater. I just don't believe in him as being like a, an ascendant talent or somebody who's just going to be like an absolute stud wide receiver one or even necessarily a guaranteed locked and loaded wide receiver two. Through the first seven weeks of the season, uh, again, customized to at least 15 targets. So hopefully somebody who's a, a fairly regular contributor via PFF. He doesn't stand out really in any of these fields that I'm looking for. I mean, just from their offensive grading scale, he's 35th, uh, which again is not great. As far as his actual route running, their grading form is 32nd. So again, not really great. Um, you know, if you look at things like, I look at stuff like yards per route run, he's better. He's actually 19th. So that's pretty good, but it's again, it's kind of mid to low end wide receiver two levels if you're able to get a nice haul for him and again i guess my point is is that even though he played really well this week he still only was on the field 55 percent of the snaps the same as marquez valdez scandling and how often are you excited and comfortable putting mvs in your lineup unless it's best ball and he had a great game seven receptions eight targets 124 124 yards and a touchdown but he still was outscored by his compatriot and fellow disappointment on fantasy levels, Michael Hardman, because Michael Hardman had two rushing touchdowns. Michael Hardman, you know, he had a receiving touchdown as well. I think that, you know, the Chiefs, out, now that Tyreek Hill's out of town, they've shown that they're going to pass the ball. They're going to move it around. They're going to get different people involved. Travis Kelsey's still a stud. I think you can get quite a nice haul for Juju because there's those diehard Juju truthers out there. And if you can do that, I would do it time to quickly hit the last two games on the slate so we're going to start with the Steelers two and five losing to the now Tua led Dolphins back again 10 to 16 now I'm going to talk about two players just quickly guys I maybe haven't talked about as much not given as much love to but I think need highlighted on the Steelers side Pat Fryermuth nine targets eight receptions 75 yards who knew Pat Fryermuth was the tight end you wanted, not Kyle Pitts? Am I right? So I do actually think he's a buy low. I think the the whole you know Steelers offense has been gross, as we all know. There's been a lot of change and transition. They've not been doing particularly well. If we look at the tight end position, just from the underlying stats, so via PFF, you know, for through the first seven weeks of the season, minimum 15 targets received. It's really impressive. Like Pat Fryermuth is sixth in offensive grade. He's fifth in receiving, like in his route running grade. Um, you know, and this is whilst really only running the 14th most routes. So I think that there's a problem with Matt Canada there. I think there's a problem with, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a lot of problems there. But I think that things will change as they continue to work hard to get things figured out. He's fourth in yards per route run. And he just doesn't get the love. He doesn't get the respect. He doesn't have the name value as, as Kyle Pitts. I still think you can get a decent deal on him. I think you should go and check it out. 
in this barren wasteland that we talk about tight end landscape being. On the Dolphins side, I'm actually just going to talk about Raheem Mostert really quickly. He has been one of the surprise stories of the season thus far. He is the biggest, most obvious sell high candidate, in my opinion, if you're not an absolute contender that there is. I mean, he's not even particularly been killing it. He's like RB26. I think people are excited because of how cheaply he was able to be had. Um, I think that's what's exciting. And he has had a couple of good weeks for sure. I mean, I don't want to take that away from him. And he definitely looks to be the guy whilst he stays healthy, right? This week against, you know, the Steelers, it was a tough game. He was still on the field way more than any other running back. He was on, he was out there 71% of the snaps. You know, he had 16 rush attempts for 79 yards. Um, he's definitely five, five targets, four receptions, 30 yards and a touchdown. He played well. He had another big week, but again, we've been talking about it all episode. We're looking at sort of some of the underlying statistics. If we go for the whole season, running backs, minimum, you know, 25 rush attempts. Raheem Moster doesn't stand out really to any of them. He's, you know, RB33 in offensive rating. He is RB29 in their actual run grade yards um, after contact per attempt. He's RB25 uh, in their elusive rating, which we've kind of touched on earlier in the episode there. He comes in RB19, so he's not really killing it on any of those stats. And lest we forget, we're talking about a 30-year-old running back. Okay, a 30-year-old running back, dude. You got to get rid of this guy. I guarantee you can probably get a 23-second for him from some contender at this stage. And that's that's a really nice return for a guy you probably picked up off the waiver has just been sitting at the back end of your bench there for a while. I mean, lest we forget, you know, I love the dude. He's only had one season where he was able to stay healthy for a full season in 2019 for San Francisco. Played 16 games. Other than that, he's played seven games, one game. Uh, so, sorry, seven games this year. So he's been healthy so far, but he played one game last year eight games the year before that nine games in 2018 11 games in 2017 three games in 2016 11 games in 2015 i mean you're really playing with fire here if you don't get out from under him while you can't ladies and gentlemen we made it final game of the week the reason that we've waited till tuesday afternoon for this episode chicago bears absolutely pounded the new england patriots 33 14 you love to see it. It's a bit of a, a mess out there on both sides. <laughs> Honestly, as far as I'm just quickly going to say, uh, the only player that I've been actively sort of targeting or interested in majorly um, getting pieces of was Justin Fields on the Bears side. He showed again why 14 attempts, 82 yards and a touchdown. He's putting up great numbers, even in a horrible offense. They're starting to change the way they're playing call the play calling. They're starting to kind of work towards his strengths, which is really encouraging. He's had a couple good games in a row. I don't know if you're going to be able to get him uh, still as cheap as you were but hopefully you were able to i would still go and check it out because there's still haters there's still people who believe he's a bust and he's lame and honestly the underlying stats for passing and efficiency aren't great at the minute either it's more of just looking at his athletic skills looking at his rushing upside which for fantasy we love to see and the fact of how bad quarterback plays been in general i'm more than happy to still go and try and acquire justin fields on the patriot side we have now a quarterback controversy is it mac daddy's team still or has he been zappied we don't know honestly if you can get either of them super cheap and a super flex, I'm willing to take the shot. Like if you can get, you know, either of them, well, if you can get Mac Jones for like a second or a third in a player, you don't like something like that. I'd be willing to take the shot on him coming back. And I don't think he was fully healthy. I think it was a weird game. I think that's more what happened here. Zappy. I still have find it hard to believe that with his draft capital and everything like that, he's going to oust Mac Jones, but I 
can't deny he has looked pretty good. So again, if you can get him for like a third, just to take a speculative ad, I mean, if he's on waivers, definitely still pick him up. I don't know why he would still be on waivers for you. But as far as the the player that I'm actually still interested in is Ramondre Stevenson. You know, Damian Harris made his a, a triumphal return. That wasn't so triumphal. You know, he came back after a week, missing a week for with a hamstring. Was he fully 100%? I don't know. It was a negative game strip, script that doesn't help him, but he was only on the field 17% of the game. Stevenson was on 77%. Stevenson had 11 attempts, 39 yards and a touchdown, but he also got eight targets. You love to see that. And again, we keep going back to this PFF stuff. I believe in it. I think it's an important piece of the puzzle. I like looking at the underlying stats and kind of getting an idea for what's actually happening. Don't want to see the final just scores because sometimes those can be misleading. I want to see how those scores came about. And if we look at the scores, Ramondre Stevenson is doing really well. Again, from the for the full season, for a minimum of 25 rush attempts for a running back, he's coming in as RB8 in their offensive grading scale. And I mean, that, that's really good. And he comes in as RB10 for their just literal just running grade forget everything else but just the running grade um he comes in as rb8 which again really really good rb7 for yards after yards after contact per attempt so really solid i am really intrigued by him especially because it's such a mess there in new england i think you can still possibly get a deal done that's very palatable especially with all the running back injuries that have been happening for example if you can flip raheem mostert and a second or raheem mostert and a third for ramondre stevenson i think that would be a great deal there you go folks we did it we made it we got through all of it on under an hour i appreciate it's a little bit longer of an episode than, than normal but hey it is chaos season we need to talk about these things we need to get this out there i think it's been good i hope you think it's been good let's just be a friend tell a friend get the word out let's make dynasty debates not the best kept secret let's make it the worst kept secret in all dynasty fantasy football join us later this week got an amazing episode with troy king from football guys it's going to be great make sure and leave a rating review really helps the show i really appreciate it go get some trades done and catch up with you on thursday I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>